Om Sam Saraswati Namaha Namaste. Namaste everyone. On page 253 of the Devi Gita, this is Atha Three, the respected, Devi, goddess, Artha, Atharbo, the, the, uh, the uh, meaning, Shirsha, highest. And now, the highest meaning of the goddess. And all the gods collected near the goddess, and with great respect asked the great goddess, Who are you? Why are you laughing? <laughs> it's not a funny question. We really want to know. She replied, I am the intrinsic nature of consciousness. From me, both nature and consciousness have taken birth this world of true existence and untrue appearance. She is both Shiva and Shakti. She is both Maya as the one measurement of infinite consciousness and the Maya which obscures the reality, the untrue appearance. She's both. She is the form of bliss and blisslessness, if you've ever experienced that, the absence thereof. I am the form of wisdom of unity and the lack of wisdom as well, if you've ever experienced that. I am the capacity of understanding what is Brahma, the supreme consciousness, and what is not Brahma. We all understand that. I am the great elements of existence, Chitti, Uptage, Moru, Bone, Earth, Water, Fire, Air, and Ether, as they unite in forms and in their un ununited individual aspects as well. I am this entire perceivable, Jagat, Jato Pratakshkoti Paribe, as much as you can perceive through the senses, known through empirical uh, values. I am all that you can know. I am the wisdom of eternal harmony, and I am lack of wisdom as well. I am knowledge, and I am ignorance. I am unborn, and again I take birth. I am above and below and even beyond. Here's a familiar verse. I travel with the relievers of sufferings, with the finders of the wealth, with the sons of enlightenment, as also with all the gods. It's the first line of the Vedoktam Devi Shuktam. I hold the loft friendship and equanimity, the rule of the pure, the light of meditation, and the divine urge to union. We discussed these last night. I perform the functions of great devotion, the creative intelligence, searchers for truth and the wealth of realization. I perform the functions of the all-pervading consciousness, the creative capacity, and the Lord of beings. I give wealth to the sacrificer who presses out the offering of devotion with attention. I am the queen, the united mind of the guardians of the treasure, the supreme consciousness of those who are offered sacrifice. I give birth to the supreme father of this all, 
from my creative energy. It's in the waters of the inner ocean. For such a one who knows this, the wealth of the goddess increases. Hmm. Then the gods replied, <clears throat> ta -dum, ta -dum, gods, we bow to the goddess, to the great goddess, to the energy of infinite goodness at all times. We bow with every action, with every thought, with every behavior. Everything we do is bowing to her. Everything we do, whether we remember or not, we're bowing to her. We bow to nature, to the excellent one. With discipline, we have bowed down. Now our sadhana, our discipline, our, our tapasya, our sankalpa, our defined behaviors make us bow even more. We take the refuge of she who is of the nature of fire, who illuminates the light of wisdom in meditation, the bestower of the fruits of all actions, the goddess Durga, the reliever of all difficulties. To the destroyer of all thoughts, we bow down to you. The gods have offered forth many loving vibrations to the goddess. Everything we do is an offering to the goddess. All living beings call her the form of the universe. May she, who is like the cow granting all desires, she's the Kamadenu. She, she's the cow that fulfills all desires. May she give her a bliss and strength, the form of all sound. May that ultimate goddess, being pleased with our hymns, present herself before us. Voila. And there she is. She is, our hymns are all the loving vibrations that we can offer. We give her our offering of loving vibrations through our karma, through our dharma, through our every action, through everything we do with devotion and attention. May she present herself before us. Please, Mom. That's why we're doing this. Just to get the privilege of your darshan. We bow to the time of darkness, to she who is praised by the creative capacity. Remember Mahakali in the first episode, she was praised by the, first, uh, by the creative capacity uh, to wake up Vishnu in order to slay too much and too little, put everything back in a balance. Uh, to the energy of universal consciousness, to the mother of divinity, to the spirit of all-pervading knowledge to the mother of enlightenment, to the daughter of ability, to the energy of goodness. We bow. So the time of darkness is uh, the, the Kalaratri, that's either Mahakali or it's the Ratri Shuktam that took us to the Devi Shuktam, uh, to she who is praised by the creative consciousness, that's uh, uh, Kali, Mahakali was praised by Brahma, to the energy of universal consciousness, that's Boishnavi, uh, uh, that's uh, Ashtadashabuja, the 18-armed uh, Mahalakshmi, uh, to the mother of divinity, she who gives birth, 
birth again and again. She's the mother of Skand or Kartike or uh, Subramanium. <laughs> that's another one of his names. Uh, to the spirit of all-pervading knowledge, that's to Saraswati and to the mother of enlightenment, uh, to Daksha, uh, Daksha's pu uh, putri, uh, Daksha Dutta. Uh, that's the, the daughter of the ability. She who is born from ability and capacity, she has every yogata, every capacity in her, at her disposal, to the energy of goodness, Shiva. Shiva is the consciousness of infinite goodness, and Shiva is the energy of the consciousness of infinite goodness. We know the goddess Mahalakshmi, the great goal of all existence, the great definition of all existence, the true wealth of all existence. And we meditate upon she who embodies all energy. Sadhavas Adya Mahalakshmi, Triguna Parameshwari. She was first and foremost, and she defined this entire universe, this entire creation. May that goddess grant us increase in wisdom. And now, Ability, your daughter, the mother of enlightenment, has taken birth, and also the excellent gods of eternal bliss. Come on, gods of eternal bliss, please radiate your bliss. You are all the children of the mother of enlightenment. She has taken birth and given birth to her children, and also the rest of us. And here comes a wonderful verse. You know, they had so many codes where they encoded the beach mantra in a regular mantra. And they gave the regular mantra to a disciple and said, figure this out. How do you apply this knowledge? So the mantra says, Kamo Yoni Kamala Vajrapanir Guha Hasa Matarishvam Babindraha so calm is desire, whose beach mantra is calm. And yoni is the womb of creation, whose beach mantra is a. And the lotus Lakshmi, her beach mantra is e. And she who holds the thunderbolt in her hand, her beach mantra is law. And the cave, the guha, is hrim. Ka-e-i-la hrim. Then it goes on, it says the letters hasa. And the, emancipate, the emancipated lord of wind, matrishwa, la, ka. The atmosphere is ha, that's the beach of ether. Uh, the rule of the pure law, and again the cave. Hrim. Hatsakalarim. And the letters sakala. Sakala. It also means all, the total, all together. Maya, Maya's bija is Rim Sakalarim. All are Rim, or the letters Sakala, Rim. 
this is the root of the knowledge of the Divine Mother. Fifteen letters. It's called the Kadi Vidya. The Ka, Abhi, the Ka, etc. And various other letters which spell out Ka, E, Ilahrim, Hasaka, Halahrim, Sakalahrim. Sri Vidya. Now, in the causal body, we have ka-e-ila-hrim. First ka means wisdom, the ultimate objective, dissolution, tabuguna, mahakali. The a means desire, creation, rajogun, mahalakshmi. E means action, preservation, sattvaguna, the causal body. And Mahasaraswati. Makali Mulakshmi Mahasaraswati. Aimring Kling. La is manifested existence and hring. This is the first form of Maya, the Maya, the causal body, the Maya of Vedanta, the ultimate Maya, the one looking to the one. There is no two. The one is looking inside at the one and sees no duality. Hasaka halarim in the subtle body huh, is the divine eye that's Ishwar, Purush, Ham Rudra Devaya Nama. Ham is the beej of Ishwar, of Rudra. Sa is that, Hamsa. So, uh, ha is I, and sa is that. So, uh, that's the, the prakriti. And hum is the purush. I and that. Ka is heaven or swarlok. Swa. Ha is atmosphere or muha. And la is manifested existence. It's the earth, it's wu. So, Sakaha is kahala means heaven, atmosphere, and earth. Bur In the subtle body, she is Maya, the one looking to the many, and the many looking to the one. And in the gross body, sakalarin. Sa means all. Ka means desires or objectives. La means individual manifestations. Ring. This is the Maya of Shankhya. This is the many looking to the many, forgetting all about the one. So in Shankhya philosophy, in the gross body, and she is the 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 purda. The curtain, which obscures from view the reality. She hides the reality. We're all looking at each other, forgetting about her. In the Tantra philosophy, she is the Divine Mother blessing her children and all the children coming to the Divine Mother. And in Vedanta, she is the one in harmony with the one. Ka e ila hrim 
Hasakala cream, sakala cream. So this is how the code works. Each word is reduced to its abbreviated form as a bij mantra, a seed mantra, and the unity of all the bijas, the seed, spells out the Sri Vidya, the knowledge of the ultimate prosperity. If you can understand Maya on all her levels, that's the highest blessing of prosperity. How God sees himself, how God sees the world and the world sees God, and how the world sees the world. The three forms of Maya, Maya as illusion, Shankya philosophy, Maya as the universal body of nature, Tantra philosophy, and Maya as the one consciousness in harmony with its own self, Maya Avidanta. In the Nitya Shodashi Karnava, it's uh, uh, one of the commentaries on Kadi Vidya, on Sri Vidya. Uh, they offer another interpretation. Shiva, Shakti of undifferentiated form, the potentiality of Brahma, Vishnu, and Siva, creative, maintaining, and dissolving capacities of consciousness, the form of Saraswati, Lakshmi, and Gauri, Rajasattva, and Tamagunas. Knowledge, action, and desire, the capacity of the impure, mixed, and pure spiritual discipline. Unity of existence, of Shiva, Shakti, the intrinsic nature of Brahma, the supreme consciousness, the bestower of supreme wisdom beyond thought or form, manifesting all the principles, the great threefold uh, this is just another interpretation. There are as many interpretations as you ask sadhus. However, we have defined uh, the Kadi Vidya, which comes into the Chandi and comes through the Devi Upanishad into all Devi worship. In fact, Sri Vidya, it, it, sometimes Sri is a name of respect. And Shri is the name of attention. And Sha means Shanti. Ra means your mind. The E means your heart. When you listen with peace in your mind and your heart, you are offering respect. Vidya means knowledge. The knowledge of how do you pay attention. How do you look and listen and perceive with peace in your mind and peace in your heart? And that comes into Shreem Beach, which means the perfection with the Anuswar at the end. The perfection of the great threefold beauty. And this is the Bhavart, or purport of the mantra, the meaning according to the intensity of intuition as per the development of an aspirant's discipline. This mantra is defined in six different ways according to the intensity of intuition, the spoken meaning, the meaning according to the schools of philosophy, according to the mass monastic offer, uh, uh, order, the secret meaning, and the meaning according to the principle. So we talked about a bachart being a dictionary meaning and a bhavart being the feeling and a sampradaya art according to your tribe and a guru art which is according to the way your guru explains it to you and a swadhyaya art which is according to your own evolution in spiritual life. 
And in many ways, it's defined on many levels of consciousness. The definition we have presented purports to be an accurate rendition of the secret meaning, the gujart. And it is also in conformity with the principles of the Tantra Tattvas. So if you look in Tattvagyan, you're going to find the meaning of the Kabi Vidya. And this is the energy of the universal soul. This is the delusion of the world. This is she who holds in her forearms the net, the curved sword, the bow, and the arrow. This is the great Sri Vidya. The great knowledge of ultimate prosperity. The great knowledge of ultimate respect. The great knowledge of the highest meaning of the goddess. He who understands this may never sorrow again. How can we have sorrow if everything we under, we perceive is perceived through the kailarim, hasakalarim, sakalarim? Where is the sorrow? All evolves according to its nature because that's its nature. And who am I to say you shouldn't behave according to your nature? I am the witness of the changes that you will go through. And I bless you to go through your changes and hopefully evolve a greater harmony with the changes that I'm going through. We'll all change. Change we must and change we will. <laughs> and whoever accepts that will never sorrow again. And whoever says, oh, please, I like it, everything just the way it is right now. Please don't change. We are bound to suffer. We are bound to sorrow. We are obligated to sorrow. If I say, please don't change, I want it my way. I like it this way right now. Stop. Don't change. <laughs> what will she say to me? Sorrow, sucker. You're going to experience suk and duk and pain and pleasure and jivan chakar. You'll just go through it in mountain peaks and valleys and peaks and valleys until you realize that my nature is my nature. And if you live in harmony with my nature, you will never sorrow again. Change I will, change I must. That is the nature of the nature. Watch as I change, and you will never sorrow again. Oh, Bhagavati, Empress of the Universe, we bow to you. Oh, Mother, protect us in every way. The seer of the mantra says, she is the eight forms of wealth. She is the eleven relievers from sufferings. She is the twelve sons of enlightenment. She is all the gods who drink the nectar of devotion, and she is those who do not. She is the lowest concerns of the mind, the thoughts, confusions, conflicts, good spirits, and attainments of her perfection. She is truth and light, activity and rest. She is the form of Brahma, Vishnu, and Rudra. 
She is the Lord of beings, the rule of the pure, the manifestation of reason. She is the planets and the light of the stars. She is the form of time and its divisions. We continually bow down to her. Every time we see any form of her, we bow to her. Every perception is another form of her. She resides everywhere and every time. It's all the occasion of my celebration. To she who destroys confusion, to the grantor of enjoyment and liberation, who resides within, giver of victory, without flaw or imperfection, the true competent refuge, bestower of welfare and the energy of infinite goodness, to that goddess we continually bow down. Here is another one of those codes. Atmosphere has the beach mantra, ha. Remember, it resides in the Vishud. And ha is the beach of ether. And that's the atmosphere. Plus the letter E, the divine fire, which is the light of meditation, ra. And the anaswar, hmm? The beautiful ornament of the goddess, the seed mantra, which accomplishes all ad objectives. Who meditates upon this one syllable deity? His consciousness becomes pure. He becomes filled with the ultimate bliss. And he becomes the ocean of wisdom. Here's another fun one. Bhagmaya Brahmasustasmat Shashtang Bhatrasamanditam Suryobamas wrote the Bindu Sanyutashtatritiyaka Narayanina Sambhisro Sound is the beja hreem, and maya hreem, and the ultimate objective is clean. Remember the cause of gross existence, manifested existence, dissolving in perfection in the causal body, clean. Aim, ring, clean. Six letters forward from ka. Ka, ka, ga, ga, nya, cha. That's cha. Um, the sun, uh, oh, oh, plus ah. Hmm. The, the six letters forward from ka is cha, plus ah is cha. And the sun is ma. The letter of the right ear. How many of you remember the letter of the right ear? Ungamo, ungamo, ingamo, ingamo, ungamo. Wait a minute. Cha mo plus u is mu. <laughs> See how they're building this code. Plus answa is mu. From cha, three letters for, forward. Cha, cha, da, cha, mun, da. 
plus the seed mantra of Narayan. Oh! Chamunda. And Vayu seed mantra is Yah. And plus A equals Chamunda A. And Vichche. This is the Navarna mantra which gives meditators the highest bliss and unites them in the being of the supreme reality. Isn't that fabulous? Can you imagine? My guru gave me that mantra and said, figure out what they're trying to tell you. Translate this. scratched my head. What does this mean anyway? Sound and Maya the ultimate objective. Ah, and then it says the ultimate objective and it says Shashtang Bhaktra Samanbitam. Shashtang is six Bhaktra letters Samanbitam in the same way. Huh? Wait, six letters in the same way. It must be <gasps> Om Engring Kling that's almost the listening to the sound of one hand clapping. You must go deep in order to figure out what they are trying to tell us. Now we have the code. This is the Navarna mantra which gives meditators the highest bliss and unites them in the being of the supreme reality. Who resides in the lotus of the heart. Whose radiance is like the luster of the rising sun. Who holds in her hands the net and curved sword of beautiful appearance. Who shows the mudras granting fearlessness and granting boons, displaying three eyes, wearing a red cloth or a yellow cloth with a red border, who fulfills the desires of devotees, that goddess I worship. Sorry, the bajay comes at the end of the, of the mantra. I bow down to you, the great goddess, the great destroyer of all fear, the great reliever of all difficulties, the form of the great bestower of compassion. This is one of my most favorite verses in all Sanskrit literature. Yes, yahaswaru pram brahma doyo na jananti tasmadu chateyagaya. Yes, ya anton da labyate tasmadu chateyananta. Yes, yam laksham do palachate tasmadu chateyalaksha. Yes, ya jananan no palachate tasmadu chateyaja. A quaver starvatravartate das yamutia teeka. A quaver vishwarupini tasmadu chateyneka. A tobochate gayananta lacha jayka nakati. Whose intrinsic nature Brahma and other divinities cannot know. Not Brahma, not Vishnu, not Shiva. No one can know the, the extent of infinity. And therefore she is called unknowable. Whose end cannot be found. And therefore she is called infinite. Whose definition cannot be defined. And therefore she is called undefinable. Whose birth cannot be understood. And therefore she is called unborn. 
whose presence is everywhere, everywhere, and therefore she is called the one. Who is the active principle? Who alone is the active principle in the form of the universe? And therefore she is called the many. And therefore she is called unknowable, infinite, undefinable, unborn, one, and many. Put that in your Nyaya philosophy. <laughs> Try to really reach a logical conclusion how she can be all of that at the same time. Oh, goddess, you reside in all mantras in the form of letters, you're the mantricas. In all words in the form of wisdom and meaning. In wisdom you reside as the bliss of consciousness, and in silence you reside as the ultimate silence beyond which no greater exists. There you are known by the name of Durga, the reliever of difficulties. I bow to the reliever of difficulties, to the goddess who destroys confusion, who destroys all inappropriate conduct who takes us across the sea of objects and relationships free from fear. Who studies this highest meaning receives the fruit of five complete recitations. Hey guys and girls, we just got the fruit of five complete recitations just by reading this and studying it and understanding it and trying to imbibe and inculcate into our behavior the attitudes is described within. Who does not understand the highest meaning but installs a deity for worship? He may recite millions of mantras, but his worship will be without attainment. You've got to have a goal. You've got to have an understanding of what you're trying to accomplish before you even attempt to install a deity. If you just put a picture there or you fill your wall with yantras or you, do, you put all these artworks around your, your house, they are merely works of art that won't bring you to the stillness and the attentiveness and the appreciation and the dedication and the devotion with which you understand the highest meaning of the goddess and then install a deity. That really changes things. The system of fire worship with these mantras requires 108 ablations. So if you sit by the fire and recite this 108 times, offering mantras for each verse uh, and each of the places, then um, it, it, this is the Purusharan Pithi. Uh, this is the system of worship. Who recites these mantras 10 times will immediately be freed from all sins. What can, confusion can you think of after you recited this 10 times? And with the grace of the great goddess, all ter terrible difficulties will be alleviated. Who recites these mantras in the night will be freed from all sins committed during the day. Whew. We're saved. Who recites these mantras in the morning will be freed from all sins committed during the night. Who recites both in the day and in the night will be freed from all sin? Who recites at midnight? And remember, four times of worship are recommended for Sri Vidya meditators. Uh, 
will attain the perfection of all auspicious vibrations. Who resides before a new image of the goddess will attain her proximity. If it is recited at the time of establishment of life of a deity, within a deity, life will be established. If you uh, will recite this while doing the Pranpatishta, if you recite this after making the pran pratishta, then the pran will be pratishta. It will be established. If recited before the goddess in the astrological yoga called the union of eternal attainment, the amrit, Siddhi Yoga, then the great death is avoided. Who understands this avoids the great death. And this is the Upanishad. I'd like to speak for one moment about the great death. If we don't have her in our lives, can you think of a greater death? A death, a, a greater death being relegated to worldliness for all the time of our existence. That's a great death. I could accept the death of this body. It will die. But I don't want to accept the death of this soul bound to an eternity of worldliness. That is the great death. Who understands this avoids the great death. They put themselves into the harmony and the unity with the goddess. And they bow to her outside and they bow to her inside and they see all that is is the dance of the goddess and then their spirituality cannot be denied. It's not dependent upon time, place, and location. It's not dependent upon language or customs or traditions or religion. It's not dependent. It's spiritual. It's independent. And it's eternal. It's universal. It's the spirit of universal understanding because she's the mother of all whether you call her mom or not. That's up to everybody. You can call her whatever you choose to call her, but you should choose to call her. Om Sam Saraswati Namaha. Namaste. Oh, the philosophy of Rudri and the Devi Upanishad is the same because Rudra Stadhyaya, at least the version we, we recite, comes from Shukla Yajurveda. And so it's Vedic in origin, it conveys the Vedic philosophy with the Vedic Darshan Prakash Kutche. Uh, now, Devi Upanishad is Upanishad, Upanishad that's Vedanta. So, Vedanta Arbeda to Ekitulanache. 
কারণ রুদ্রস্তুণ ব্রাহ্মণ প্রকাশ করছে এবং দেবী
unless you want to sit by yourself and do a five-hour pranpratishta and then uh, invite the people in and let them give anjali. Uh, they, and give them blessings at the end. There are all kinds of ways to design it. You are free artists. I'm empowering you with the building blocks of how do you build the puja so that you can choose what's appropriate for you according to time, place, and circumstance. And a puja is designed like a, like a jazz band playing together. There's improvisation, there's a mool, there's, a, there's the root puja, there's improvisations. The mantras have to be correct. But you can put the beadies together as they are appropriate for your circumstances. Take a dozen people to Shiva uh, on a Sunday afternoon and you'll see you can't do one puja for them all. You have to do a special puja for each individual. And one person will have a tolerance of three mantras, and one person will want the whole Rudra Stadhyaya and the Shiva Sahasranam and come up and say, You didn't finish. <laughs> so, according to the time, place, and circumstance, you will have a Jola. You'll have your bag, and it has all the mantras in there, right in here, and you'll just go in and select the stuff. It's like the craftsman who comes out on the job. He's got a toolbox. He's got a bunch of toolboxes. He's got a truck full of tools, and he comes out, and he says, what's the project? And he finds the right tool for the right job. In the same way the pujari says, what's the purpose, what's the goal of your puja, what mantras will be appropriate for you, what is your tolerance, what is your experience, what is your understanding, and then you choose and the mantras that are appropriate for that circumstance. Yes, please. Samji, it talks about the root of knowledge here being the uh, Kadi Vidya. Oh yes, and being Sri Vidya. Sri Vidya, what is the diff what is the link between the Kadi Vidya mantra and Navarna mantra? Oh, they, they come in the same text. They kind of, the the uh, uh, the the elements of the Kadi Vidya are included. Ring ring ring, ring ring cling. They are they are part and parcel of each other. So they are very closely linked. Navarna mantra is the nine-lettered mantra of the goddess Durga Chandi or whatever you want to call it. Now, and the 15-lettered mantra is the root of Sri Vidya. All the worship of the goddess is Sri Vidya. Every worship of every goddess is Sri Vidya, the knowledge of the highest respect. And she is Sri Ma. And she is the mother of, the, of all the goddesses. She is the mother of the highest respect. So we offer that same attentiveness, that same respect, that same devotion through the Navarna Mantra as we do through the Kandi Mantra. They're both used for interchangeably in many texts. Or you can use them together. There is a vidhi for doing... Uh, the Chandi Samput with the Kadi Vidya. Lots of fun. Yes, please. We have a question from Pushpa. Namaste, Pushpa Ma. In the first line of the Sri Vidya mantra, when we add the Shiva, the Shiva seed mantra to make it 16 syllables, 
And that's a 16-letter mantra, and it becomes a goddess named Shorashi. And Shorashi is the she who manifests the 16. And so the, uh, the, what it adds is that that one looking to the one is really Ardhanarishwar. It's not Chakti, and it's not Shiva. It's Kahadi Vidya. So it's Kaha Elahim, Hasakahalahim, Sakalahim. So now we have three forms of Sri Vidya. You've got Kadi, Kae Ilahim. You've got Hadi, Hae Ilahim. You've got Kahadi, Kahae Ilahim. Take your choice. <laughs> yes, please. We have a question from Ambika. Namaste, Ambika. When we are chanting scriptures, are there any particular mudras we should use? Does it change from one scripture to another? Thank you. No, I would suggest that you train yourself in one or two or three mudras because you might get stiffness in the hands if it's a long recitation. Uh, so you can use gyan mudra. Uh, you can use, uh, 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 just fold your hands. Or you can use aboy, uh, which is just hold your hands flat on your thighs. Uh, and the, that would be, or you can make a Gan Mudra with holding your hands. <laughs> it, it, it's up to you. But it, you'll find that you, if you sit like this for a long period of time, it'll be hard to turn pages. <laughs> Even if you use an iPad or whatever, it, it's still hard to turn How pages. Tattva Mudra? No, you don't want to chant with Tattva Mudra. It'll be, you'll use that in the nyasas, but it won't be comfortable because you'll find stiffness in your thumb. Uh, but you can use Gyan Mudra for sure. And you can use Aboy. Yes, please. Um, the, expl the explanations of the different arthas of, of, um, of understanding. Yes. Is the, the Guha explanation, is that, is that one or one understanding? Yes. Or is it, yes, is it's it one, the secret meaning. Is it related to Swadhyay? No. Well, it can be, yeah. You will go in, inside to the extent of your capacity and you'll find the secret. And the secret that you find may not be the secret that I found, or may not be the same as the secret I found, but probably when you get to the secret, they'll all be the same because the secret is niti niti. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. We have a question from Ramya. Namaste, Rami, Mami. If mother is a kilam jagat, all that is perceivable, how do we understand jagat mitya? Ah, uh, well, jagat mitya is from the point of Vedanta. Rami, mami, if you look, jagat shwapna shushukti. Uh, jagat means it's awake, it's alive, it's perceivable, it's moving in the world. And swapta means it's moving in my mind. I'm not looking outside at the world. And shushupti is deep, dreamless sleep. I can only understand that through meditation or through intuition. I know when I'm sleeping deeply. Uh, so then the, the, it, we're talking about jagat. This jagat, this perceivable universe, this perceivable world. Oh, now, from the point of Vedanta, there is no duality. Dvitiyam namam apara. There is no aham brahmashmi. Shivo aham. 
There is no second. Now, we say in Vedanta philosophy, that which is true is the same today, tomorrow, and yesterday. It doesn't change. And we also say everything you see outside is changing. Oh, how can they both be true? Everything that is true is true for eternity. How can you change the truth? Truth is abiding. Truth is everlasting. Truth is eternal. It doesn't change. For this reason we say that the, the perceivable universe is false. It's not true. I was here when I was a little boy and I was here when I was a young man and I was here when I was an old man and now I'm getting decrepit. I'm still here. Well, my body changed. This is false. Jagat mitya. But I am still here. I was here before. I'm going to be here when I later. I'll bet you after the class, I'm still going to be here. So, इसलिए हम लोग बोलते हैं जागत मित्या. इसका मतलब है जितने प्रत्यक्ष कर सकते हैं, तो it is not the same all the time. Everything you perceive is always changing. And if it changes, it's not eternal. If, it, it's, if it's not eternal, it's not everlasting. If it's not everlasting, it's not always the same. It's not true. <laughs> the one thing that didn't change is the consciousness of infinite goodness. It's always the same. So uh, that's why we say Jagatvinta. Yes, please. We have a question from Chandana. Yes, Chandana. The text mentions Sri Vidya meditators. Yes. What are Sri Vidya meditators? Us! <laughs> Those who meditate on the knowledge of the highest respect and how to focus your attention with one-pointed attentiveness, with pure devotion, with true bhakti. That is a Sri Vidya meditator. Someone who chants the chanti, someone who worships the Divine Mother. They are all Sri Vidya meditators. So there's a dhyanam verse after the Navarna Mantra Stotram and the, uh, the Sri Vidya Stotram, or verse, not Stotram, but verse. What are those dhyanams? I mean, this, the Navarna Mantra is related to the three goddesses. Yes. But then there's a dhyanam that comes right after it explains the mantra. The a dhyanam that explains the mantra, oh, the, the, these are different dhyanams. Verse, verse 21. Yes. Okay, well, that verse is uh, uh, the meaning of each of the words in the, in the verse. So does, it, does that relate to Navarna Mantra, that meditation on the goddess? Uh, yes, it does. This, this tells you every letter where it, from whence it hath it come. From whence cometh each letter, how it was derived, what is the meaning of each letter, each syllable of the Navarna Mantra? No, but verse 21, which comes right after it. Okay. It's about the form of the goddess? Yes. And is that form of the goddess related to Navarna Mantra? Oh, no. This is, uh, uh, this is uh, 
it is related to the to the Nibbana mantra, but they're calling her. Uh, it it's uh, she's a Chaturbhuja. She's the like the Mahalakshmi Vidmahe Sarvashakti Tadimake. It's the like we were worshiping Lakshmi before. This is pertaining to that Lakshmi. This is actually a, a, a form of Lakshmi. Uh, she has uh, 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 the net and the curved sword. She shows the mudras uh, bestowing fearlessness and granting boons. She's wearing a red cloth. This is a form of Mahalakshmi. Yes? As we study these mantras and try to go further into the meanings, um, we're going to start on the surface because um, to me sometimes when I, when I read, when I try and read the Sanskrit and, and what it actually means, like Vidyadi Karasangyutam, uh, I, I first try and think like, okay, well, where's, where's the ha there? Where's the e there? Where's the ra there? Where's the ma there? And find out what, what word corresponds to which uh, actual um, Sanskrit um, uh, syllable. And uh, I get really confused in that process. How do, you, how, do you, how do you suggest that we start digging in? Is it just a meditation or is it a study? It is a meditation and it's a study. And as you study and meditate together, it, the intuition, intuition is going to dawn upon you. But you can't, uh, there, there was once a book written Sanskrit without tears. And I looked at the title and I didn't believe it at all. I said, wash. this is absolute nonsense. You can't have Sanskrit without tears. You must cry. There is no easy way to do it. You just have to go into it and start dividing up the syllables and dividing up the words and breaking the sandhi and doing the anyai, which is the word-by-word -word definitions, and then try to make sense out of it. What are you looking for in this verse? Why are you studying this material? What is your motivation? How do you get to see it there? What's your luxury? What's your goal? What's your purpose? Look for that in the definition of the mantras that you're defining. Put them together in a way that it makes sense to you. I don't care what the rishis were saying 10,000 years ago. I care what I understand today. How is this going to help me achieve my purpose? So when I went to study Vedanta, etc., etc., in Sanskrit, I looked for the most universal meaning in every syllable I could find. Because I wanted to tear down all the walls and barriers. I was a traveler. I had traveled around the world. And I went to so many countries and cultures and languages. And I was studying so many different philosophies. When I got to Sanskrit, I said, San means altogether. And Kree means doing. And I want a universal philosophy which I can do altogether wherever. I don't want to join a dogma and build a wall around myself and build a, you know, I'm the chosen one and we're part of the chosen people and we're part of the, the select few who knows and I've got a string around my ear and therefore I'm a, a Brahmin and I'm higher than all the other castes and, I'm, and you guys are lowly leches. <laughs> you can't even put your shadow over the book. 
I didn't like that philosophy. There was no reason for me to subscribe to a philosophy like that. What, for what reason would I leave what I was doing in America, the land of the free, in order to subscribe to a dogma which was going to enslave and bind me? So when I went to study Sanskrit, I looked for the most broad, universal, inspiring wisdom I could possibly derive from this knowledge, and that was the key to my meditation. What is this guy saying to me? He's a rishi. He sees like God sees. I want to see like God sees. God doesn't see, okay, you guys are Brahmins and you guys are pariahs and you guys are leches and you guys are white and you're yellow and you're black and you're pink and you're green. He didn't, God doesn't see that way. She sees her children. She cooks for us all. She cooks for Shiva and gives us the prasad. That's what I was looking for. So that's what I found. I had that agenda. Strictly, what am I going to... I don't want to be a historian. I don't want to be a grammarian. I don't want to be a school teacher. I wasn't looking for, okay, how am I going to earn a livelihood by studying these mantras? I was looking, how can I find what those rishis found to make them see like God sees? So I think the first thing we have to do is refine our luxury our goal, our pro process, our, our, what are we striving to achieve in studying this material? I wanted the highest inspiration to unite my soul with the supreme soul of all, and that didn't mean just in uh, America or just in Napa or just in India or just in my ashram. It meant everywhere I go. I wanted to be in harmony with everyone on every occasion in every circumstance. That was my agenda. So I looked into these meditations and I found the universal consciousness and purity and clarity, devotion, and I found that the mother of all is the mother of all. She's not just the mother of a few. And so I started worshiping her with my love and with my knowledge and with my efforts and with my, my making it manifest through my karma, through my actions. And I still wash her dishes. And it's my privilege. Don't come into my house and say you can't wash her dishes. <laughs> I've strived for that position for 42 years to become her dishwasher. And as a guest, someone's going to come in and say, okay, move over, I'm going to be the dishwasher. Uh-uh. <laughs> refine your goals and refine your process. Refine your luxury. Look at what your sankalpa is and try to find that in this study. It will reveal to you. It will be revealed unto you. It will be given to you. What are you searching for? She will empower us to achieve that objective. She will? Yes. Nashangshaya. <laughs> Without a doubt. Om Sam Sarasvati Namaha. Namaste. Namaste.